Welcome to So This is Holland, an unexpected trip to special needs parenting, hosted by Michelle Finn and Donna Sandoval, fellow special needs moms, keeping it real and providing a place for you to listen in and say, oh my gosh, me too. Hello, welcome to So This is Holland. We are talking about the importance of finding your support, that lifeline, that other person that understands just a glimpse of what you're going through, or maybe a whole lot of what you're going through and can be there for you because this life can be isolating. It is not easy and we are not here to sugarcoat it, but we are here to give you kind of some ideas of where Michelle and I have gotten that support through our journey, how that support can change, how it can grow and how it does take some intentionality of really building that support around you to just feel heard and seen and loved. And so that you don't get completely burned out and lose yourself entirely on this journey. So hello, Michelle. Hey, how are you? I'm amazing. So we decided to do this because as we talked about a few episodes back, isolation is such a huge thing in the special needs community. So how do you find your support? How do you feel connected and not so isolated? And that's why we want to talk about this because everybody deserves that community, whether it's in person, online, that is the joy of having the internet now, right? There are positives to the internet and finding your support system through groups, through um, networks, like just anywhere you can find them. I always say, I don't know how anyone went through the special needs parenting, like before social media, I am so thankful for social media and the support and the knowledge that I've gained through it. Like how alone would we be if we didn't have people to ask that have been there in front of us? Well, I think about it. It wasn't that long ago that um, children like ours were in institutions. It wasn't, it's been in my lifetime that children like ours, your lifetime too, that children like ours, or in institutions, think about it. Our kids go to a, a, a regular school. Did yeah, you well, have any people with special needs? So far, they were yeah. hidden. Did you have any kids with special needs in your school? Like, impacted I, the way that our children are? I know I had, I remember kids going and getting like special tutoring or help with taking tests. Yeah. But I don't necessarily remember actually seeing special needs kids in my school until high school. There was a group in high school that I remember seeing, but other than well, that. Well, you're younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> that much younger than you. I'm so old. <laughs> I'm in California. So I think we are yes. a lot more um, in the inclusion world. I think that we've, yes. we're further along than a lot of different states. I absolutely agree. I'm in the South and we are not further along. Yeah. Um, I actually was talking to my cousin today and I said to her, we were talking about she's over um, in Washington and we were talking about like the different things that our kids have gone through. And I said, yeah, I said my son wasn't even included in his fifth grade graduation because they didn't want the other parents to be uncomfortable from the children with special needs. So oh. that's the South. I <laughs> yeah, mean, no. it's it's just insane to me. Um, 
how our kids are treated, but that's not what we're here to talk no. about today. <laughs> I know, but we like to talk about other things too in weaved in whatever our topic is because we're just I know. here talking. Um, I know for me, when I first got that diagnosis, I you feel very alone. You feel yeah. guilt because is it something you did? Are you the reason? I think you don't know whether to share with people what you're going through because you're you're processing it by yourself at that time. And you don't know how to share the feelings that you have. Cause you don't know what feelings you have in the beginning. So for me, the first like reach out of support was the one P three, six group because yeah. and well, it was first un- unique. I got plugged in with, cause it's like the, the unique rare yes. chromosome. And then they were the first for me too. I posted in there and then I was directed to the one P three, six Facebook page And from there, I have met so many friends. That's where I met my dear Michelle here. We were connected and it's just been a place that they, others understand James and I can ask questions and they are the specialist of the syndrome because doctors don't know crap when you go there. If anything, it's been very, uh, actually, it's really served me that doctors don't know much about James because I do the research and I go in with the right verbiage and tell them exactly what I need from them. And they're like, Oh, all right. You seem like you know what doctors (laughs) ask you if you're a nurse. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. Are you a yeah. nurse? Because we go no, in though, know more with, than you about this. <laughs> we do our homework and we yeah. have that support and that backup behind us that we've found through social media. And I, I'm just so grateful that I have that. And over time, it's turned into real life relationships. Yeah. Over time, you get more plugged in with different therapists. You go to activities in the community that you are meeting people. Um like social media though, is an, is my main source of finding others that are living in a similar situation and then having meetups like this month, I've met so many amazing special needs moms and I'm making it an intentional effort to take the time to get connected with them in real life. And that's powerful. It, It really is. Now you're talking about unique. That was my first stop too, was unique. And I remember there was one child because remember Joshua was one of the first kids diagnosed with one P. So um, there was one child on there that had one P and her dad was talking about, which I didn't understand this joy. Remember when you first get that diagnosis, you are scared. You don't know what the future looks like. And especially for us going into this, the doctor said, I don't think he's going to die early. That's all the hope we got. And then we find that in our 1P community, we've lost a lot of children. So they didn't even know what they were talking about. And he also said his hearing would be good and his vision would be good. We have a lot of children that are deaf. That's that's listed on there as common hearing and vision now. (laughs) Joshua had glasses at four months old, right? So the geneticist, so we had no information. So going into Unique, there was a dad who was so excited because his daughter um, was able to sit up for the first time at three years old with assistance though. I cried for two weeks. I'm looking at my little baby because he was three weeks old when he was diagnosed. So I found unique before he was like four months old, I think. So I'm looking at my little baby like this, this, this isn't it. This, 
And, and and he said at 20 months old, and I got to know that joy of like what that he was. He said at 16 months, and I remember I posted it. I was like, it comes up on my memories, and I love it. I'm like, oh. So exciting. <laughs> such exciting. But I shut down. I was like, all I want to know at this point is medically what I have to deal with. I can't go for support now. Like I shut down because I was so scared of what I was going to find out. And I found when I was ready, he was about 18 months old when I was ready to like start meeting other special needs families. And I found this old group. It was just like a, a page that had people's information on it. And there were three moms that had one P kiddos. One was Christina. So Christina, if you hear Shout us, out. Molly's Christina. She's my girl. She's actually local to me. And I've met her yes. in her life. And she's hooked me up with iPads, strollers. She is yes. a little blessing near me. I love her. Yes. <laughs> so she was one. I reached out to her, but I don't, I never heard back. This was many years ago. The it was like was, an AOL chat room or message board, right? No, it, we had a Yahoo group eventually. Like oh, okay. we didn't end up having a Yahoo group. This was group. before that. This was before that. Okay. And um, then there was another mom in there whose child had passed away. And then there was one mom named Annette that I became best friends with for like 17 years. We were really, really tight. Our kids were close. But Annette had... Um, uh, email that she was getting ready to switch over. And just the day before she switched her email, she saw the email that I sent. Oh, meant to be. And so we ended up becoming friends for a very long time. Our kids pretty much grew up together and they were in Florida. We ended up living in Florida for a while near them. That's so awesome. it was really nice. It was nice. But then we found the Yahoo support group and there was only about 15 of us in the beginning. I know I see so pictures we were, of those first like uh, what's what's it called conferences or I probably weren't even called conferences at that point. You guys, were it, like, it was. Oh, I actually oh. spoke at the first conference on the importance Ooh, of physical. But therapy, they were like right? so small. I was like, oh, look at that! Like, and uh, all the kids are so little. Josh was four yeah. at our first conference. So cute. But I'll tell you what. There's nothing like walking into a conference. So if you guys, if your children have a disability that they have conferences or you have Find special needs events yes. in your area, go because it's like going home. I'm currently planning, um, well, helping to plan our 1P conference for this year. And I have FOMO because we can't fly that far with James. There's no, no way in hell at this moment, this season of life. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited because we haven't been to one for a while and with COVID and everything yeah. that has happened. I just, I just had dinner with two of the moms and it's, you just want to like hug everybody, right? And yes. love everybody. Cause it really does for the most part, when you walk into these conferences, it feels like going home because you are with a group of people that get it, get it. They yes. get it. So if Josh is like throwing a fit, they're like, eh, look, my kid's over there throwing a fit too. You know, like we all laugh you know, about it. I mean, and then we help each other. We're like, Oh, come here. Let me take you. Like they can, they're just there. They just get it. They know, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to be glued to my computer or my phone and watching all that go down with total and complete FOMO. Yeah, it's it's I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready for it, especially when you don't realize the break you get from being around people that love you. Mm -hmm. Right. And then once you you have it again, you're like, oh, it's like almost a weight off of your shoulders. You're not worried and, about what other people are thinking or what your son's going to do or what how a certain situation is going to affect the family like that's what you're and you're there for James and the kids and learning and you just it's so much easier to be around those people during the so it releases the kind of the constant stress that we might not even think that we have but I think anytime yeah. we're out we're very 
ultra hyper aware of our kids in a way that it might seem like we're totally like over-focused on our kids, but we're trying to negate, is that the right word? Negate a situation that's going to negatively like impact our day. Like we have these plans. We want to get this accomplished. We do not want meltdowns that are going to be like stage five. And so we, and we know the triggers we can, if we're watching, but it's very easy when we're busy or we are doing our own thing miss to it. miss something. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I know we've gone and had a complete freaking meltdown in the grocery store and like on the floor screaming, crying, the behavioral therapist was trying to lift him up. And I had to, I was like, step away. Cause sometimes just having another person walk up to him and be away from the person struggling, trying to get him up. Cause I said, just let him go. She's like, I don't want him to hit his head. I'm like, he's fine. Just let go of him. Cause that's escalating him yeah. more. But it was, be- I said, what triggered it? Once we got him up and we got to the car, I'm like, what happened? Cause I was checking out and she was with him. She's like, he won't, cause he loves pressing the buttons on the lotto machine, but there was a guy using the lotto machine. So Charlie was trying to get him to the ATM machine that has buttons <laughs> and he just oh, freaked out. And I don't even get embarrassed anymore, but it's those things that you, you don't want to have. It is stressful. It sucks for him. Cause then he's crying and he's apologizing, which is something that he's been having these like outbursts. And then he comes and cries and apologizes to you. Like he knows, like, I'm sorry, that sucked. That sucked for me too. I don't know why I did that mom. Like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's sad, but we are super focused. So anyways, that's where I was going is we have to watch closely how quickly those triggers. So we are always on guard. So when we're around our people that understand and are there to support us, we get to release that. That's why we all love to be home so much. I think that's where we get stuck at home a lot. Cause we're scared of being out and this, and it's, and it's uncomfortable and it's tiring. <laughs> we come back home exhausted just because we are so hyper in tune with what's happening to try to make sure everything goes as smooth as possible when we're out. And also being with our people, like our kids are treated for who they are, like not people. for their disability, right? Nobody sees them as this poor little disabled child, which I they hate actually that. try to like, get to know our kids do like, it's beautiful. We have, um, some of his therapists we've become friends with throughout the years and we'll get together and we're like part of their everyday real lives. Right. And in the special needs world, that might be where you find your friends because that's where we are most of the time. I have cried so many times to therapists. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not mental therapist for me, my son's physical therapist. (laughs) Yes. But the thing is like, they see our kids for who they are. Yes. And that is beautiful. And I always say, like, if you could just see past his label and actually see him, it's beautiful. He's smart. My my son is a smart ass. Mine too. Oh, like yeah. he will make fun of people, but people don't give him the credit of being that smart, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, see his beauty, see his worth. And when you find your community, those people, they see their beauty, they see their worth, they see past that that label of a disability to the actual person, because the disability really is only a label. It only makes up a little part of them. It is not who they are. So finding that community of just people that get it or and, and it doesn't even have to be another special needs family, but people that accept and love you and your children for who they are, yes. that is what is important. That is valuable. And we all need that connection. And I think sometimes it takes time to get to the spot ourselves on this journey 
to be ready for the support because we are still shaken yes. and kind of judging our own child by the diagnosis where we are not ready to learn who our child is above that because it, uh, beyond that, like, because all we see is that diagnosis and we try to go into fixed mode. Like I went and I devoured one P three, six Facebook page, trying to get a glimpse of what was possible, what my future yeah. looked like. And that ends up getting really scary because it our is. kids are not the same. For, I mean, there's moments you're like, oh, that's so like, well, look at James might read. James might do this, but then you mm -hmm. see the opposite and you're crying and you're like, oh my God, like, what is this life? Like, do we, it, it's over. Why even keep going? This sucks. This is not what I had planned. And you're not ready for other people to get to know your kid because you're not even ready to get to know your kid yet. Like it's, well, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it does make sense. And another side of that is with the research that I did, I found that parents of kids 10 and under, that's when you start to see them put their walls up because there is so much re rejection in society mm -hmm. for somebody that's not the norm. And I'm doing air quotes with that because everybody deserves to be accepted and nobody's the norm. Right. Right. But so they start to build these walls up because they want to protect their kids. We want after to 10 years kids. old or you said 10 and before under. before 10 years old is when I, when with the research that I did, the parents would start to protect their kids. So they're building these walls and they're not letting anybody in because they don't want rejection for their children, right? Okay. They yeah, want yeah. to protect them. They they don't want them to get hurt. They don't want them to feel that pain of somebody treating them differently. And then by the time they were 15, the moms started getting sick and stuff because they had created this small little world where nobody came in because we were so scared of, for our children to get hurt. I mean, does that sound like any of you where yeah. you just want to protect them and hold them in this little bubble where the world can't get in and hurt them or hurt so, them or hurt you for that matter or hurt us? That's right. I think a lot us. of it is self preservation of trying you not wanting to be uncomfortable, you not wanting to be hurt by the rejection of your child. I mean, that's. That's, well, that's hurtful. it. You want people to love them. We love them. They're yeah. amazing. We want people to see it. It's always really so, special when certain people come into your world and you instantly see that they're not looking at it like, oh, he's amazing. Like not, not just amazing because he can actually do this, but yeah. like he's, a, he's freaking awesome. This yes. kid is funny. Like they're actually not looking seeing at them. this. Yeah. They're actually seeing your kid. And yeah. I'm like, if you allow yourself to get to know and be at his level and, and really know and learn who James is, you are freaking going to be blown away and blessed. Yes. For it. Like I've said this before, you will be blessed by it. If you allow yourself to, to get to know our children at that real deep level. Yes. Josh is such a lover that I say he has this ability to make anybody feel special, right? If he brings you into his world, yeah. You are lucky. You are blessed. And, and, and he is very open. Like he's willing to bring just about anybody in it's yeah. how they respond to him, whether he'll bring you in or not. But if he brings you in, you will feel, and I'm his mom, right? But I feel like the luckiest person in the world when he gives me a kiss or when he gives me a hug, there's something so pure and beautiful about him yes. that I feel special. Like, I feel like he chose me. He yeah. chose to give me a kiss. Like, well, because our kids are unfiltered and pure and they don't have the like normal preconceived judgment, like fear of like, yeah. oh, I should do this because I'll get this. Like they just don't have that. But there's just something so wonderful about having our children want you. 
want you to be a part of their world. And that's why I think it's, it's powerful when those people, you are blessed to have someone come into your life that is willing to be your lifeline. Someone that's not your spouse or your partner that takes the time to know your child that allows you to step away for even just an hour a day overnight Mm. that, and you don't have to have, I know, I know (laughs) I'm very blessed, but it's getting harder. Like uh, that, that number of people, because James is now eight, he has a lot of physical behaviors. He has a very large diaper. A lot of people are very nervous to take that on. And we went through two years of COVID where a lot of people did not take him on for me. So they're like, I don't even know if I can watch him anymore. Yeah. I get that a lot. I don't, I don't know if I can watch him or the people, there are people in my life that'll say, Oh, I'll watch him. But you know that they won't. Yeah. You know, they're just saying it because there's no way, no, there's no physical way for them to watch him. Right. They might have the intent of, I want to, but to actually be able to pick him up and put him on the couch to hang out with you or change his diaper or something like that, they physically are unable to do that. Right. So that gets limited too, right. Of who can actually take care of our children because they are getting big. Yeah. I mean, Josh was 146 pounds. No, James is freaking 98. He's eight years old. It's insane. So let's talk (laughs) about how to find these communities for us, right? Because it might look different. It might look different for people. Um, So tell me about your community and how you built this for yourself. So I have quite a community of all different realms. So definitely started on Facebook also started with therapists because they're in your home. They become family. I mean, my, my one therapist is going to be leaving us soon and she's family. I'm like, you're with us forever. You know, we, we do stuff together. Um, I have my best friend who lives across the street, who is my lifeline that will take James, who will watch him, will change the diaper, allow me to step away, go out of town. Like I need, I need myself a Betsy. The problem is (laughs) Betsy's life is changing too. And she's let me know because she's also my respite nurse that she's going to need to step away from that duty because she's not able to serve me. So what I did in the beginning is I made it very known to regional center and my therapists that were in home at the time for early start that are under regional center that I was, I needed help. I, I never pretended that I had it all figured out. I was very from the beginning. And that's something I'm very blessed that I, that I did because I know a lot have trouble doing. Um, and I don't think I realized that I was so like so open about it until I went to dinner with the early therapist called message me. And they're like, let's have dinner. It'd been like five years. And they're like, Donna, you were broken. We just wanted to help you and get all the support around you. Oh. We could. I was like, damn, I didn't realize I was that bad. <laughs> like, yeah. but, so I got the respite and I went through, like, it's scary to leave your child with someone you don't know. And I did interviews and had them and you hear these horror stories, but I just had to trust in my faith and, and, and other people and just hope that I'm a good reader of people, you know, and, and, and step aside and let someone step in and help me. And that's a that, hard step. That is. And I was entirely blessed with, um, a lady named Abby, who she's probably going to be listening. Cause she listens to my podcast. She's actually, she's what was my respite nurse up until COVID, which then they had, they got, gave us so many more hours in California. Like right now, because we're in state of emergency still, I'm still at 156 hours a month of respite nursing, which is freaking insane. Um, but they could only do one family. So she 
had to leave us and go to another family that needed her more. Um, so I, but she's my housekeeper. So I still see her like every two weeks, we still talk. She's come and picked up. She's like, I miss James. Can I pick him up for breakfast? And Charlie too. Cause she loves Charlie. So you found a lot of yours through therapy and yes. through that type of Avenue. Yes. And then That's I started amazing. my business with my niche of, I speak and look for special needs moms. And mm-hmm. I've met people in real life. I've been in my coaching business, have been able to go to events and invite them. And they come to where I'm in. I'm, we're going on trips together with other special needs moms. We're growing together. And then I started a, a Bible study of special needs parents at my church. So I'm getting plugged in with that. I have just met this week, this amazing lady that lives right around the corner for me that opened a nonprofit for her son in 2015 and like put together summer camps and job training and just That's has amazing. me in awe. And now I'm like, it's, she's almost a mentor for me. Like that. I That's can, the type of person we need to interview on this show. I, like hundred percent already told her. Amazing we will start interviewing. Mom. We're just setting the, setting the stage now. So what else? Oh, we have big news. So we do. So <laughs> we have started a Facebook group for special needs moms. The community um, dads can come to dads. You're welcome to, but like we've talked about before, most of our, most of our listeners and viewerships are special needs moms. So on Facebook, if you go over to, so this is Holland. It's a Facebook page. You get to come in, you get to talk with each other. We want to build community. We want you guys to get connected. We want you to plug in. We want you to have friends that understand that get it. We want you to be real, right? We want it to be a place that like when I searched for other people that get it, when I went through 1P36, maybe you don't have a place like that that you can find. A lot of rare chromosomes don't have a special place, but you're going to have one thing in common is that you get us, you like, I mean, obviously you kind of like our sense of humor, whatever is connecting you with this podcast, you're going to have that in common. So you're going to find similar like-minded people in there. And this is a page for you to connect, to ask questions, to get um, answers, to get support, to just get ideas on different solutions and that we need. I mean, the- to share your stories, yeah. right? You're having a bad day. Your kid crapped all over the house. You can talk Amen. about it. I get it. There's no I judgment, get it. <laughs> a safe space to be. Yes. And just to open up and be yourself and connect. And that really was our whole idea and desire of this podcast is to serve our community and connect so that you don't feel alone. So what other way, what better way to not feel alone than also have a place where you can go off and talk to each other, the the listeners and talk to us. You can make friends through it that you're together. Yeah, that you can become friends with outside of our group, right? That yes. you get to do meetups, do figure out. I mean, who knows? One day maybe we might be like, let's all fly here and do this. Like, who knows oh, where we this will. is going to go? Oh, we oh, will. Know. See, we're we, already planning. We absolutely will. <laughs> so you want to be a part of this. Go to, so this is Holland and in your search bar on Facebook, join the group. It will be a private group. So we will have to um, approve you to be in because we want you to feel safe. We want you to feel that not everyone on Facebook is going to be able to see what you're putting in because not everyone understands what we are going through and how to kind of take some of our feelings. And that's our feelings and we own it. And we are a non-judgmental place to share that. Yeah. Just be yourself. Be yourself, find support. We love you. 
we hope that we can be that a little bit of the support in your corner. And with that being said, thank you so much. And we can't wait to see you again or talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to So This Is Holland. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe to, rate, and review it. We appreciate your feedback and the time and energy that you've spent with us today. And if no one has told you, you are doing an amazing job. We see you. Until next time, this is Donna and Michelle.